You are about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Episode 18. Today's conversation is with Bianca Velez. Bianca is a Pilates instructor, but she's also so much more. She's thoughtful, she's studious, she's spiritual, and she is a true outdoors person. Bianca can be found on the Reforma, but she can also be found fly fishing on the Delaware River. You can also find Bianca at findthemidline.com or using her Facebook and Instagram handle, Find the Midline. We have a wide-ranging conversation about a myriad of topics that I am sure you will find both interesting and inspiring. So, let's get started. episode 18. Let me jump straight into it. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine that you are generally a spiritual, thoughtful person who is at one with nature. But imagine you're caught living and working in the hustle and bustle of a thriving suburb of Manhattan. Your life is first and foremost, go, 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 always on the go. You try to find the time to seek out nature, go on hikes, visit the beaches, but you do that when your busy life allows. Now, imagine taking that very same person and moving them to scenic western New York, maybe a hundred miles away from where she was. In western New York, she lives right near the Delaware River with a multitude of scenic and peaceful opportunities right outside her door. That is what my friend Bianca Velez did five years ago, and she couldn't be happier. When I see pictures of Bianca on social media doing Pilates amongst the trees and overlooking mountains and valleys, or when I see her holding a freshly caught striped bass, this is really the type of stuff that A, she has a huge smile on her face, so A, I'm super happy for her, but B, I'm also jealous. So in my conversation with Bianca, she talks about being at one with nature, no matter where you live, and that being at one with nature is part of your overall mind-body connection. I certainly understand and agree with this. It's one reason that many of us feel inner peace and happiness when we're at the beach or on a mountain we're on a hike. Our anxiety levels go down and our happiness quotient goes up. So, with all that said, and without further delay, please welcome me, please welcome, please join me as I welcome my good and super interesting friend, Bianca Velez, to the Meet Mediocrity podcast. So, Bianca, thank you so much for joining me today. Mitchell, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy and excited to be here. Uh, Bianca, you and I have been friends for quite a while, and we met, as you know, you were uh, my wife's Pilates instructor, and uh, Mm -hmm. my wife uh, 
and you both dragged me in to try Pilates with you both. And I did a bunch of Pilates sessions with the two of you. Um, ultimately, I kind of started doing other things, but my wife was, is, was a longtime Pilates student of yours. So if you could just take a minute and just go back and tell us a little bit about your history in Pilates. Well, first tell us a little bit about what Pilates is all about and your history in Pilates. Mm. Can you do that? Yes, absolutely. And it, talking about my history with Pilates, <laughs> I feel like such a long, convoluted story. You're going to have to try to cut to the basics. Okay. But um, I guess I'll start with that, which is that, you know, I first became inspired to do Pilates. My mother was who got into it first. Um, and she, I started seeing so many amazing benefits for her. So not just physically, um, I think she was coming into a time in her life where she wanted to lose some weight and she wanted to feel better. And, and I saw all of that for sure. But what was profound to me was I also noticed that she just seemed happier and, um, I don't know, even just in our interactions with each other, it became easier to meet in the middle on things. She seemed a lot more easygoing and, that really impressed me. Uh, I was taken aback and, and really curious to say, what is it that you're doing? You know, what is it that's created this change? Yep. And so I started to look into Pilates and I had uh, danced when I was younger in a Russian ballet school. So the movements I connected to right away, they felt very intuitive. They felt delicious in my body as if you know, as if you're craving a tall drink of water and then you have it and you're just like, wow, this is just, just what I needed. Yep. Um, it felt really great. And, um, and it's interesting, but like right from the beginning, that idea, I was in college um, in Washington, D.C. And right from the beginning, that idea was in my mind for some reason, even though I was just introduced to this method uh, to become an instructor. So I remember seeing a big sign in D.C. about Pilates instructors and thinking, oh, maybe that's something I want to do. Wow. Anyway, I actually bought the materials to get certified and got all these tapes and took a test and ultimately wound up feeling like I didn't have enough experience with the method um, to actually teach it. Uh, but I really enjoyed the process. I continued to do Pilates. As a poor college student, all I could do was just videos, you know, yep, sure. videotapes that I would find. And this is like, you know, VHS videos, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and DVDs, but still um, just, you know, saying around what time this was. And then right. um, years later, when I was in graduate school, I just wanted to have a job or I wanted to be able to do work. I was studying psychology in graduate school. I wanted to do something that would be flexible as a graduate student. And so I decided to get certified in Pilates and, you know, taking that deep dive into my certification, which took uh, a year. So I had to apprentice and I had to really study. And that was pretty life-changing. Lots of realizations, um, a great time in terms of just feeling amazing physically in my body. Um, I will mention that for myself, um, when I was younger, I had um, suffered from eating disorders and I had always had a hard time just, I don't know, finding peace with my body right, and sure. finding a feeling of feeling good and really understanding food. You know, I think it was just hard to cultivate a good relationship and 
like my journey with Pilates was almost pretty miraculous uh, in many ways in that a lot of those issues evolved and I didn't struggle with them as much. I didn't struggle with them after. And initially it was kind of interesting and hard to understand how that happened. And, you know, years later, I really attribute that to the mindfulness benefits of Pilates. Right. So now just saying a little bit about what Pilates is, because I know some people have a good understanding and some people might be like, you know, and all the time people are like, call me a yoga instructor. Well, that's, you know, Bianca, uh, it's, you know, I, I get that. I hear that too. People don't, uh, people look, a lot of us have heard the term Pilates, but until um, my wife dragged me to do Pilates with you, I don't think I truly understood it. And um, I would confuse it or, or misunderstand it with yoga as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the differences and what, what Pilates really is? Absolutely. Fair enough. So uh, Pilates was created, you know, by an individual named Joseph Pilates. Yep. And he uh, was from Germany and he became very interested in his youth. He was a sickly kid and he became interested in anatomy and somebody gave him an anatomy textbook and he learned a lot about it. He says that he, or he said that he would watch animals in the forest and how they move. And he was very inspired by the way animals move. And he really noticed and recognized a very, um, you know, young time in his life and um, that the modern, you know, what he would call modern back then, the way of interacting with the world, way of taking care of ourselves wasn't working for people over time. Mm-hmm. So that that he attributed illness and back pain and uncomfortableness in the body to not breathing correctly and not uh, moving the body correctly. So this was his passion. This was his obsession. And he, again, like I said, was very, very into anatomy. So he would look at these anatomy books and look at the way animals moved and feel these movements inside. Later on in his life, he became a boxer and he went to go study amateur boxing in England. He became a circus performer. Mm. And um, as I was telling you earlier, he was then, uh, during World War One. he was put into an intern camp in uh, in England um, in Lancaster, and he began to uh, work with people in these intern camps, and he was inspired to help them. And you could kind of think of him as a very early day personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he he started refining this system of movement, and calisthenics were very popular at this time in Europe. Um, but he refined this method, and he started to cultivate the system of movement that he called contrology. And so that is what we practice today when we say we practice Pilates is this system of contrology that he developed uh, in order to enhance wellness and feel good. Um, so so he also, some of those patients and people that he worked with in the intern camps were in hospital beds. And so I know that, uh, so Pilates is comprised of mat movement. So you can take a mat class. Right. Uh, and I know some people might know this at their local gym. And you can also work and do private Pilates or semi-private Pilates where you are on equipment. So he created that equipment. He had a very inventive mind and he created that equipment through working with people in the intern camps that were in hospital beds. 
and he started changing the beds and using levers and pulleys in order to help them access their muscles. Is and that why? Is that why the reformer? Core. Is that why the reformer almost looks like a hospital bed with the pulleys? Exactly. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I never realized that. Uh huh. Yeah. One of my favorites, I'll say too, is that I, I and I'm sure I told you before, but that the there's a one of the apparatus, uh, which is the Pilates equipment, is called apparatus, is called the uh, the magic circle. And I know probably a lot of people have seen that. It's a circle. People put it in their inner thighs, yep. squeeze on it like the like the old thigh master. Yep. Right? That he created out of keg rungs. So he looked at keg rungs and created these magic circles for people to tap into the deeper layers in their core in their um in their body that they they weren't using appropriately it's just a very interesting character yeah and and the fact that he was um you know in an intern camp during world war one and and was almost using the people there as his first students is really amazing to me yes yeah definitely so bianca you are a great Pilates instructor. I've, t- I've, uh, you've instructed me. You, you, you've spent a lot of time instructing my wife, and and that was when you lived and worked and had a Pilates studio here on Long Island, in the middle of like hustle bustle, Nassau County, Long Island. Um, the reason we stopped training with you is because you moved to what we Long Islanders call upstate New York. And, um, yeah. and, you know, I follow you on social media. I keep in touch with you. And you are truly living a life that's kind of at one with nature. And I am totally jealous. So, can you, <laughs> so can you start by telling us a little bit about your, you know, just lifestyle change, you know, from, you know, being here um, very close to New York City, very close to the hustle bustle. And now living much more out in the, in nature and, and in taking advantages of that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I guess I would say um, that you know, for a portion of college, I lived in Colorado and also in New Mexico. And when I was in Colorado, I started fly fishing, and um, you know, was able able to catch some beautiful rainbow trout out in Colorado and just got so inspired by that I had an organic garden and it was really just one of the happiest times of my life and I've that's always stayed in my mind um I've always loved nature been connected to nature my grandfather lived on an island off the coast of Puerto Rico and was very close to nature and I I always loved going to visit him there and let's say you can be close to nature on Long Island as well I, I don't want to you discredit can. that you can. um <laughs> But when I lived there, I was hiking all the time, and uh, we had a garden, and I definitely did try. But I had this, you know, for some reason, I never really fish as much as I did when I lived other places. And I had it in my mind that I wanted that. I wanted that lifestyle. And I think sometimes we can go on in life, you know, making choices and, and we, you know, we make choices for all kinds of very important reasons. But I really wanted to be close to nature and having a daughter I really wanted her to be close to nature and so um so yeah originally I thought when when I got this house um in not upstate New York I, I would say maybe the western side of the castle <laughs> I never know how to describe it it's, 
anything also, for us kind of for us anything Dakota. north of Manhattan is upstate New York. So <laughs> upstate, exactly, <laughs> and for me too. But then if I come, I'm living here, and I say, "Oh, I'm upstate," people are like, "You're not." And then you look at a map, and you're like, "Why, really?" No, I, I know you're <laughs> not. You're you're you are Western New York. I do know that. Yeah, and this is also called the Upper Delaware River Valley too, just to to give it another name. But so when I got this house, I really thought it would be a part time thing. But then the more time I'd spend here, the more I just wanted Francesca, my daughter, to be immersed in nature and the more I wanted to change my lifestyle and to to really immerse our whole life in nature and to really get to know this place. So I would say, you know, living up here has been um, a great spark in terms of just trying to get to know a place. Um and so I would say for me, it kind of started with the fishing and getting to know the fish and getting to know the river and the ecology of the river. And then it was also just getting to know what was around this space, starting to know the different plants. Right. Um, and, and that is what I would really emphasize. So not to skip around too much, but I would say now that I've been up here for the past five years, I would say you can really start to do this stuff anywhere. It's been immensely helpful for me to be immersed in living here. But this conversation, getting to know where you live, that, I think, for me, is the major theme. Um, and just before this call, I was talking to, so I've, I'm still working with clients in Long Island. I was talking to one of my clients um, from my old former studio, and, um, and we're going to do a little virtual tour of her backyard. <laughs> oh my goodness! So there. so you can, can so she could become familiar with the plants and and with the what's plants available that are to there her. because because a lot of this stuff grows everywhere, you know. It can it can grow up through concrete. Um, it can be in the city. It's everywhere. So I really think that for me, part of it is just building that greater conversation with getting to know where you live, and there is just such a magic medicine in that. There's an incredible healing aspect of just being in nature in general. Um, and I do think that you can connect to that no matter where you are. Well, and, you know, Bianca, you talked about earlier in the conversation about mindfulness. And I almost get the sense that being in nature is almost completing that mind-body connection for you. The Pilates is... is you know, one element of mind and body, but being in nature, the peacefulness of it, the, you know, the natural, the natural food, you know, less packaged food, more, more food that you're finding in the streams and on the plants is kind of completing that mind-body connection for you and for Francesca. Yeah, I would say that for sure. I think that being in nature more, kind of helps us to remember our place and that we are a part of nature, that we are animals, right? So right. we're living in a different relational space, right? Then we're relating to the earth more and to the plants and to the fish and to the animals, right? So I would definitely say that then that goes into this place of becoming more embodied as well. And again, these are things that we can do everywhere. I do think that this time that we've spent in nature, this time that we've spent connecting to the earth is important and helps to remember. But being more embodied and, and you know, as you're saying, as that relates to meditation, that's definitely something that's grown 
in the past several years. Um, and I think that it's incredibly important for wellness in general, incredibly important for healing. It's important for healing our anxiety and our stress that's in the nervous system. You know, I think anxiety and depression have become so prevalent, particularly to that anxiety. Um, and that's something that I really noticed with my clients in Long Island. And that was part of the inspiration for getting this place was wanting to be able to create a place for my clients to go away from the hustle and bustle and away from what's going to be happening before me and what's happening, what happened yesterday and what happened this morning to be more in time. Um, but that embodied space of, of connecting to the body and connecting to the earth, realizing that we are a part of it all and feeling that connection um, really helps with, I think, a lot of the ailments of society the, the way that we live right now so that's a great point bianca and we are living you know today in the middle of this pandemic where everyone is kind of stuck at home and and everyone is handling that their own way but you mentioned mm -hmm. that you know forget about forget about being living in that world for a second um since moving up to i should say western new york um, you've had you've had outings or retreats up there um, where you've where you've hosted guests and done things in nature and with Pilates. Am I correct? Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about that? What, what you know, because I, I it's one thing to be able to, to live your life, um, you know, where you are. It's another to have a getaway and to. Just to get, if you're living in hustle bustle, get away from it for a day, a weekend, what have you. Tell us a little bit about the retreats you've hosted and what your guests have experienced. Yeah, so, um, and it, I definitely think so. So where we are too, there's really not cell reception. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that in and of itself, it's really been beautiful and interesting to watch people because I think initially there's a certain amount of anxiety about just not having cell reception and right. not having much ability to be in contact. But, but by the end of people's stay, they love it. They're like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to be in contact. And right. This is wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's been a wonderful experience to be able to host people. And we do, we go hiking and we spend time on the river and, um, and just spend time, you know, um, meditating and, working with the body uh, and connecting to the earth here as well. Um, so those are kind of smaller group retreats. So a lot of the time they have theme and that theme will change depending on the season yep. um, or just depending on what's being offered. And offer um, a larger retreat called Teru. Uh, and that's a women's retreat in particular. Sorry, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to have, uh, um, you know, maybe something co-ed or something in the future uh, that's a larger retreat or, I'm not sure where we'll go with it, but right now it's a women's retreat. Okay. And it's kind of like learning about the divine feminine, learning to connect to your intuition, learning to heal through movement in the body. And for that one, I host lots of different instructors. So there's a, there's many different instructors that come to teach their craft. So wow. from anywhere from the Rosen method or, um, or yoga, different, various different kinds of yoga, Kundalini yoga, um, dance, so people come and teach various methods of movement um, this year, um, and, and we don't know yet whether I'm going to be able to do it. It's right. in July. Um, but this year, there's 
um, you know, learning to learning the native plants. Learn. Or there's a river trip. There is uh, learning how to dye. Use dyes of the the native plants to make dyes for fabric. There's really beautiful. Um, there's a sweat lodge. There's lots of beautiful offerings to it. Wow, that's fantastic. And so I will Thank give. You. I will make the 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 plug here. Um, but your your business, Bianca, is called Find the Midline or Find the Midline Pilates. Um, and if people, right. if people, once once we get past this pandemic phase in our life, um, they can find everything about you either on social media or on your website at Find the Midline. That's right. Yeah, and I am teaching, you know, like many other teachers um, through Zoom, and I have a membership program that's an online membership program as well where, you know, there's different videos about, you know, lots of different things. There's Pilates and meditation. Okay, so you're, you're, you're different things to kind of make life easier. Okay, so you're bringing me to the last thing I wanted to cover with you today, Bianca, and that is, you know, I named my podcast Meet Mediocrity because everyone is mediocre at things at one point or another, and we're often mediocre when we're beginners. So I've spoken to a number of people um, as we're we're sheltering in place during this pandemic who are saying, I want to try something new. I want to try yoga. I want to try meditation. I want to use that treadmill that I had my clothes hanging on for all these years. Um, could, you know, tell me a little bit if, if I wanted to or a friend of mine wanted to start trying Pilates here at home while we're sheltered in place, what are, what are some of the things they can do? Yeah, um... So as I mentioned, I have a membership program. I'm sure there's tons of YouTube videos out there. Um, uh, but I have a, um, a membership program. And so what are the, some of the things that they could do? Um, first, I just want to say a little bit about why I think Pilates is important. And that is that it enhances our connection to the core. It enhances your connection to your body. It strengthens the muscles. There's lots of great benefits of stretching. So it lengthens and strengthens. Uh, and to me, one of the one of the biggest and most important benefits of Pilates is the mindfulness piece. And it's not often talked about. I think yoga is often in the spotlight for mindfulness benefits. It has a big repertoire of, um, you know, of, of teachings around that, you know. And, and Pilates doesn't have as much jargon to it. We don't talk about the mindfulness. But Joseph Pilates, when you read his writings, said from the beginning that uh, – merging the mind and the body together so his system of exercise connects the mind and body which enlivens the spirit so i really think that there's a tremendous benefit of healing there is a tremendous benefit of reducing anxiety to this mind building this mind body connection mm -hmm. and that's something that's very important that happens through this method so in all of my classes i start with meditation and then we go into the movement and we were speaking earlier and I don't mean to jump around no, but I also great. want to mention because yeah that it's just really fascinating so I was explaining to Mitchell earlier um, and I wrote about it in my newsletter today that back in 2007 when I was getting certified in Pilates uh, I remember reading that Joseph Pilates had, was you know alive and in the intern camp during the time of the Spanish flu Spanish influenza uh -huh. and um, and so 
he says, you know, and um, that none of his followers succumb to the influenza. So he was in the, and the intern camps were some of the hardest places that were hit during that time because people lived in close conditions, um, and and they were really, really hardly hit by the by the influenza right, by the pandemic. So I remember reading that at the time and thinking, wow, that was that's really fascinating. And of course, didn't think it would ever be, be applicable to my life in any way. And of course, it's really been on my mind as we're going through this time of experiencing this current pandemic. So, you know, I think there's lots of interesting things there. Of course, you know, I would never say do Pilates because it's going to protect you from it and they'll prevent you. <laughs> from, from <laughs> that, that, that might be that I, might be some extreme advertising, but but it couldn't hurt. Yeah. But it couldn't hurt, and I think that we do know that it's important to do things for our immune system, and we do know that it's important to really take care of ourselves during this time. And it is curious that he, um, that he, you know, made these claims, and that that this is all kind of documented and in these books. Um, and so, you know, important things about Pilates is that there's a lot about breathing, you know, and I wonder if that was, if that's a part of it, that it's really important to be paying attention to our breathing. That's one of the tenets of Pilates and one of the things that Joseph Pilates said was so incredibly important. He attributed poor health to poor posture and um, a poor connection to muscles and also poor breathing. So, um I think that Pilates is a system that anybody can access at any point in their life, uh, no matter if you are haven't been moving or if you have, you know, if, we're, if you're a runner or you're a cyclist and you have a really advanced practice, I think it's really accessible to anybody. And it's just about building a strong core, a strong foundation from the ground up. So, and it's learning to connect the mind to the body in these various muscles. And then that connection continues to grow over time. And that's what brings us, too, into this beautiful place of mindfulness, this beautiful place of embodiment, um, which, again, not to reiterate too much, but just helps to deal with stress, anxiety, a lot of the problems of modern living. And I know that there's a lot of people who have been really suffering with um, just with the isolation alone. Uh, and you and I also spoke about just this collective feeling of grief, yep. this, just being really tapped into the collective. And, um, and it's incredibly emotional, all of the stories that we're receiving and all of the lives, you know, all the ways in which our personal lives are touched. We have lost people to the coronavirus in our family. So um, that can be very emotional. Um, close family friends of ours, you know, so that can be very emotional and, and painful um, as you're trying to deal with grief and you can't actually be there to grieve right. <laughs> with people, with other people. Um, I had a client recently who called me and she could barely log into the online program. So I helped her do that. And after meditating and after doing the Pilates, she of course just felt a lot more grounded and a lot better. So every single morning I get up at 5.30 in the morning and I do my meditation and my Pilates and that's not to say like oh you know everybody should do what I do but I will tell you that it is centering I will tell you that it is grounding and I will tell you that when you are facing a lot in your life and when you're dealing with a challenging time and when you're stretching as a human being to handle more that nurturing yourself in this way and uh, taking care of yourself in this way is vitally important and it just very much helps it really helps so just to be clear, um, 
any so you don't if you want to start Pilates now and you wanted to go on find the midline and, and do some remote classes with Bianca you don't need any special equipment yeah, no special equipment whatsoever. The most I sometimes use at times, which is something people would have at home, is cans. Sometimes yeah. I use, you know, like uh, soup cans as weights, but not very often even. You don't need anything. Great. Um, so that's that was question one. And question two, any age? So, you know, if, if my mother wanted to try Pilates or, or you know, a, an older person who had never tried it before, you know, it's never too late to start? Yeah, never too late to start. I think one of my most inspiring clients that I have ever had and um, in the, my entire time of teaching uh, was well into her 80s. And I'm sure you heard me talk about her mm -hmm. because she's absolutely fierce <laughs> and, 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 um, and amazing. But at, at any point, and of course, you know, as you start anything new, you're, you know, whoever you're working with, this person's going to take an intake history and is going to learn about what has happened in your body and you may have to do, you know, there may be modifications for sure. the method. My own mother had surgery last year and I'm training, you know, I train her now and, and she has some modifications that she uses, um, from, because of the surgery that she had, but anybody at any stage, definitely. And, and my own mentor, um, is in her late eighties as well. One of my mentors for Pilates. And she's still practicing and still teaching. Yeah, Mary Bowen. She's amazing, amazing woman. Well, Bianca, first of all, I'm really glad you took the time to speak with me today because I miss you. <laughs> I used to see you all the time. Yeah. Now you're so far away. Now I just get to see you on social media and speak with you on the phone. So thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Mitchell. This has been really great. It's so good to hear your voice. I miss you and Meredith so much. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping that I'm going to see you in one of my classes soon. Well, I, I we, we should totally do a Zoom class and uh, we should get this um, pandemic over with so we can have a little uh, outing up in uh, upstate or western New York with you. So look forward to that as well. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Bianca. Take yeah. care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mitchell. Wow, we covered a ton of ground in today's conversation. First, Pilates. It supports lengthening and strengthening your muscles and your mind, creating an overall healthier you. I really loved hearing Bianca tell us a little bit about Joseph Pilates, the founder of Modern Pilates. To have been in an interim camp after World War One during the Spanish flu pandemic, and working with others in that camp on Pilates and their overall health, well, it all strikes a little home these days. And the fact that, that Joseph Pilates bragged that his students would ultimately leave the intern camps stronger and healthier than when they entered, well, this parallel to today strengthens my belief that with some effort and some will, we can emerge from COVID-19 stronger and healthier than when it all started. I also loved hearing Bianca encourage me and everyone to get closer to nature. And it doesn't necessarily mean taking a vacation from your city lifestyle if you're living one. It can mean getting to know your immediate surroundings much better than you do today. We all have trees, shrubs, plants, and wildlife in our backyards and in our local parks. 
pretty much anywhere you are, there's a way to better connect yourself with the earth. And you'll feel better about yourself and your place in the world having done that. So with that, here's the wrap. If you enjoy the Meet Mediocrity podcast, please subscribe and please tell your friends. And please follow our daily posts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you like our posts, click like, make a comment, press share, and share it with your friends. And finally, until next time, this has been Mediocre Mitch wishing you to be happy, stay positive, keep healthy, keep smiling, and be well. Have a good day.